Welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC's Doctor Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 102, 102 of the show. If you want to send me feedback, you can email it to drfatefanpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet me at Teal Productions, T-E-A-L, like the color. BigTimeNoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website. You can post comments there when I post the episodes. And Lords of Order has Facebook and Google Plus pages. Now some quick thank yous to Dale Russell on Google Plus. He pretty consistently likes the Lords of Order episodes when I post them on Google Plus. That's the only feedback that I get from any show that I post on Google+. So I have no idea if anyone is there, but I do know that Dale Russell is there on Google+, at least long enough to like Lords of Order. Also on Facebook, I want to thank everyone that congratulated the show on the 100th episode here recently. And I see in response to episode 100 that Legacy Brain Comics stated that King B does return in the pages of All-Star Squadron number one. So, um, I should have remembered that, but I read it many, many years ago and talked about it for the show several, several months, maybe a couple years ago when they came up. So, I didn't make the connection, plus the visual is just completely different in my mind. So, uh, thank you for that. He also, they also, she also, whichever, um, congratulated the show on 100 episodes. So thank you for that. And everyone on Twitter that made mention of 100 episodes, I appreciate that as well. All right, our story today comes from Morphon Comics, the 1936 volume, issue 94, cover dated November, December 1943. And the story is entitled The Destiny of Mr. Coffin. Now, the script was by Joe Samachin, with pencils and inks by John Chester Kozlak. And this story uh, can be found reprinted in the Golden Age Dr. Fate archives uh, that DC put out in 2007. And honestly, that's what I'm reading as more fun comics are a little pricey for me to acquire right now. All right, we open with the narrator telling us, There are many things you'd never do without good reason. But there's one little man who never needs a reason. He deliberately enters a burning building. He'd casually swim into a sea swarming with sharks or leap from a tall tower to rocky ground. For fate, he believes, has planned his life pattern and there's nothing he can do about it. But then Dr. Fate takes over and adds a new chapter to the fantastic story of The Destiny of Mr. Coffin. Our story opens with Mr. Coffin walking down a street, and he's about to walk into a stream of bullets that are being fired from a group of thugs at a nearby Dr. Fate. And I will say that the Dr. Fate is swooping down on the thugs from flying up high, running at them with his running, flying, levitating thing that he does. So that is a... uh, that is a, I don't know, kind of a teaser. It, it has nothing to do with anything else, really. That that scene does not pop up anywhere else in the story. Instead, the so- story itself starts with Dr. Fate on patrol, and he is running through the sky, but he sees this suit clad, and it's a green suit. 
clad gentleman walking, crossing the street, not paying attention to the traffic. So he walks out in front of a rather large truck that is bearing down upon him. Dr. Fate swoops down and knocks him to the side, but at the same time, the truck has a blowout on the front right side, and it pulls the truck away from what would have been an intercepting path. And so had the man been allowed to continue crossing the street, the truck ultimately would have veered to avoid him because of this tire mishap. So he and Dr. Fate have a little conversation. Uh, Dr. Fate basically asks him why he's pushing his luck, you know, not paying any attention. The guy tells him that uh, fate is in control. There's nothing he can do one way or the other. What's going to happen is going to happen. We find out a little bit later in the story. I don't remember exactly where it pops up. But the gentleman believes that this is the case because, uh, one of the reasons, is because he has 13 letters in his name. I understand the significance of the number 13, of course, in, in superstition and folklore, but I'm not sure why having 13 letters in your name would mean that you are uh, blessed or protected, or, you know, whatever. So uh, so they continue on their way, uh, talking a little bit more. Uh, Dr. Fate just, you know, comes to the conclusion that the dude's kind of a, a goof. Heads off to the Tower of Fate uses his scrying sphere to check in on Mr. Coffin. Uh, That's also another reason why he thinks he's been touched by fate, is because his last name is Coffin. Um, So, okay. Um, Kind of reaches, you know, in, in some places here. As to the explanation by this man as to why he feels that way, what his... um. Not justification, but what his evidence is that he's he's touched. So fate is watching in the in the scrying sphere, and he sees that Mr. Coffin left the door to his shop open, and it's a curio shop, and I can't read it. It's it's something and something Coffin's curios. I guess that's his and his son's name because he has a son also who he says believes as he does. So it's two generations of uh, oddness. Anyways, the thugs find that the door to the curio shop is unlocked and they go in. When Dr. Fate in his scrying sphere sees this, he rushes to help and encounters Herbie the horse and another thug. Now, Herbie has a jaw and denture problem that makes him look rather equine-esque in profile. Now, from straight on, he's just a rather unattractive gentleman. But in profile, he he does have kind of an equine silhouette, as it were. So he and Dr. Fate engage in fisticuffs. The other thug pulls out a gun and fires them at Dr. Fate. But, of course, to no avail, as the bullets bounce off. So, having no other means of driving Dr. Fate off, he takes his weapon and throws it at Fate hitting him in the head, and knocking him for a loop. Now, I was kind of disappointed at that. I would hope that fate, in that he is impervious to bullets, was made of a little sterner stuff. Usually, it's his breathing that everyone attacks, but throwing a gun and hitting him in the head and and knocking him semi-conscious is kind of weak sauce to me, but it's what happened. 
Fate then hides behind a table until he can recover his senses. He picks up the bullets that were fired at him, but haplessly bounced off, and he flings them back at the men as if he is shooting them, which is what they think. They realize, oh, they're not invulnerable to bullets, and Dr. Fate is shooting at them now, so they must run. Uh, One of the gentlemen is even hit, both of the gentlemen perhaps, are hit in the forehead with bullets, and they don't take notice that their head is still connected to their body, having encountered a bullet. Uh, Instead, they believe that those bullets are being fired from a gun wielded by Dr. Fate. They turn tail and run. They're not impervious. Those bullets will hurt them. Fate, looking around, notices not only is... um, Let's see. No, he doesn't notice that. I'm sorry. He looks around, sees that Mr. Coffin is, is not anywhere nearby and goes hunting him, finds out he's upstairs, tucked in his bed, reading a book. He would have heard everything that happened. And Dr. Fate asks him... Um, why he didn't, you know, do anything. Why is he still in bed reading? I know you heard that. And his response, what will be, will be. No need for me to interfere. Well, he comes downstairs to check out the damage, you know, see what's going on, and finds that not only has nothing been taken, but something has been left. A statuette is all he calls it. We can't really make out what it is, just that it is in the form of a statuette. Uh, back at his tower, Dr. Fate is trying to piece some things together. He, he's not understanding you know, exactly what's going on here. He checks his scrying sphere, and he sees that Mr. Coffin is arrested. And then decides that, well, he will check on Coffin's son to make sure he's okay. And he finds Coffin's son in the uh, companionship of Herbie the Horse and the other henchmen that most recently robbed the curio shop. Fate goes to confront them directly. Fisticuffs ensue, and this time, rather than shooting at all, they just throw, the the second thug just throws his sidearm at Dr. Fate. But Fate grabs Herbie and, and moves him into the path of the gun, so it hits Herbie in the head, and not Dr. Fate. The other guy manages to break loose runs away, but fate runs him down outside in the streets, knocks him around a little bit, enough to then grab him and the other thug, and, no, I'm sorry, it's Herbie and Coffin's son, takes him to the police station, where the police are questioning the elder Mr. Coffin. Turns out that the statuette that was left was stolen elsewhere. It was left by the thugs via consort with Coffin Jr. in the curio shop to be laundered, as it were. The younger Coffin does not believe all that fake shtick. He got his father to believe that in order to be able to use the curio shop as a um, mob um, laundering place for stolen merchandise. And the last scene we have is of Mr. Coffin kicking the young Coffin in the butt, running around the police station as he is inflicting the um, the just punishments, I suppose. So, um, there we go. I'm not sure that I really have uh, Dr. Fate have thoughts. Rather, Dr. Fate is Dr. Fate in the Golden Age. Uh, looking at the list of things, the Golden Age is 
as far as Dr. Fate's appearances are starting to run out a little bit. We only have a handful more, and then we will shift into either Silver or Modern Age appearances of Dr. Fate, or more modernly, modernly, is that a word? Modernly written Golden Age escapades of Dr. Fate, written as retcons or flashbacks or things of that nature. So the true Golden Age uh, writings and and dealings of Dr. Fate are, are starting to run out on us. Perhaps it's time. Uh, they're, they're starting to thin a little bit for me as far as my enjoyment of them because they are very, very rote and very formulaic, only different faces and different names. So perhaps as far as my interest in reading them, it's a good thing that they're starting to, to finish up. That having been said, All-Star Comics issue, uh, or Volume 40, Issue 19, the Winter 1943 book is the next uh, Golden Age discussion for us. Here before too long, I think I'm going to look through, if I can get a hold of them, this newest volume of Blue Beetle, and look through the books where Dr. Fate was involved in that, maybe summarize those and give another modern Dr. Fate appearance. I don't know how many issues it was. I don't know if he's still in there. I know that the Blue Beetle is still ongoing. So at some point here soon, I'll drop that in between some of these Golden Age appearances as well. But either way, that is this episode of Lords of Order. I will talk to you guys again next time. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.